This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. We're brought to you locally by Smiley One, heating, cooling, and plumbing. Brian, Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. Brown's edition of post game is what I should say. It's the post game edition of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. And of course, the Browns fall to the Steelers in the season finale by a final of 28 to 14. The Steelers end the season at nine and eight. And in third place, and the Browns lose the consolation bowl against the Steelers, falling to 10 and 7 to end the season. Plenty of question marks, plenty of questions in this game. It was a bizarre ending to the season. I guess the only joy that Browns fans will take out of it is the fact that the Dolphins were able to kick a field goal late and keep the Steelers out of the playoffs. Daryl, first thoughts. Yeah, you know, this is just a, another game in which the Pittsburgh Steelers do what the Pittsburgh Steelers normally do to the Browns, and that is physically manhandle them. Uh, you look at what they were able to do on the ground, led by Najee Harris, uh, over 140 yards rushing. That is the 10th time in the last 14 games the Browns have surrendered at least 130 yards on the ground. You look at the third down conversions, 9 of 15 the Steelers put together three scoring drives of at least 75 yards. Obviously, the pivotal point in the game, Andy, came late in the first half in the, in the final about minute and 40 or so in change in which the Steelers were able to score those 10 points to go into the locker room uh, leading 10 to 7 at the half. I was really disappointed with the sense of urgency for the Browns late in the game, and it might just be a tiny little point, but... You know, they're down 28-14 late after they scored the two-point conversion, and I just didn't see a team that felt the energy to try to say, you know what, we've we've found and then maybe we'll have a chance to come back. We've seen this before, and, I, like, I didn't feel it. I was kind of bothered by the end of the game, Daryl, because there was no sense of urgency at the end. Oh, you were bothered? I, I wasn't. I was, I you was didn't care at that point? Get, no, let's just get All this right. over with. <laughs> I, I um, mean – yeah, let, let's just get it over with. Uh, they, they they finished seven and ten. Uh, every full time head coach uh, in the expansion era would like to welcome Kevin Stefanski to the ten loss per season club. Uh, Does that come a with a jacket? Club. Is there a jacket for that, like a plaid jacket or a 
orange jacket or something like that. I don't know. How does that it, work? It should be a brown jacket for the color of you know what. Um, well, you can't because the legends have brown jackets, so you can't do that. Oh, yeah, you can. Nah, and really it's like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can still stick with the brown jacket and the legendary performances. Uh, Chris Palmer, Butch Davis, Romeo Cornell, Eric Mangini, Pat Shermer, Rob Chudzinski, Mike Patton, Hugh Jackson, Freddie Kitchens, and now Kevin Stefanski. All 10 loss uh, losers uh, in uh, the, the same season. So that that's an, you know what? That's an impressive stat in and of itself. The Browns are also, by the way, uh, back in the basement uh, of the AFC North following four consecutive third place finishes within the division. Uh, they are now back into uh, that fourth spot. It is the 16th time in 24 seasons, Andy, that the Browns will finish, or I should say do finish in last place within their own division. So once again, congratulations, job well done. I, I, I'm trying to think of what's the frustrating part here. One of the biggest frustrating things was watching Jacksonville yesterday and knowing what Jacksonville was just one year ago. And the Browns are on this treadmill outside the Jetsons' apartment, and Jane cannot get us off this crazy thing. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, the Browns are consistently terrible. Um, next year will be the 25th season since the team has come back into the NFL. And it's basically going to be a celebration of 25 years of failure. They've really only had three decent or good seasons since 99. The, you know, the playoff year in 2002, the 10 and uh, six uh, campaign in which they missed the playoffs in 2007, but they had six pro bowlers. And then of course the, the 2020 uh, playoff season in which uh, they were literally a couple of plays from the conference championship, but they they have regressed significantly. Last year, uh, from eleven and five down to eight and nine, back under five hundred, and now this year a seven and ten finish. So uh, you know, di disappointing. Uh, Deshaun Watson for has played twenty four quarters. And he's looked like a guy you gave $230 million to and six draft picks up, including three first rounders for a grand total of two quarters. And I think we're kind of being generous there uh, because he got some help uh, for those two quarters at Washington. So uh, he has not looked great at all. Uh, and if this is what they're going to get from him going forward, they're, they're going to keep uh, spinning that treadmill outside the Jetsons apartment there, Andy. Well, George or Jane, or I don't know where we are right now with this, but or Astro, row, row, Rastro. Um, I'm just wondering when you put the picture like that, Daryl, it doesn't make the future look very bright. And I, I wonder, I wonder how Browns fans hang on. Jimmy Ingram wrote a really good piece over the weekend, just about. I, it's hard to believe that there's a wait list for season tickets with the results that you've seen, and uh, I mean, the Browns have work to do, a lot of work to do. And I, I don't. Did you feel that Jaguars pain that I felt yesterday, trying to figure this out? Like, how does that team? And then I, I then I, I was. I want to fall back to the default excuse. The pro biggest problem for the Browns of being a playoff team is the Ravens, the Bengals, and the Steelers. Is that fair? No, because it's their job to compete with and beat those teams. So, uh, no, I, I I give them no quarter. This is another uh, disappointing, underachieving season for this franchise. 
Um, and no, I don't have, I stopped having those thoughts because I, I just, I, I guess I'm numb to it now. I'm used to seeing worst of firsts every year in the league. Uh, I'm used to seeing the gross incompetence and lack of leadership from the Browns every year. Uh, I'm used to uh, this franchise not getting their act together. Um, you know, the fact that Mike Tomlin hasn't had a single losing season with the Steelers uh, since he took that job 15, 16 years ago. All right. And there are Steelers fans, Steel, Steel fans that want to run him out of Pittsburgh because they don't feel he's done enough with the talent that he's been given. Whereas Kevin Stefanski is the poster child of not doing enough with the talent that you're given. And my number one question that I have for you, Andy, how do the Browns fix the leadership problem if they don't change the leadership this offseason? They don't. It's not fixed. It's the same thing. You just have to hope that, like, maturity and age and I don't growth, I don't know how you fix it. You're, you're, you're being, uh, on one hand, you are having continuity, but is it the right continuity? That's the question. And I don't think there's there aren't many people saying that Kevin's going anywhere, so Kevin's good. Where no, are they with Joe he is, Woods? He isn't, going, he isn't going anywhere. I think Joe Woods does get fired. Um, and this this is and we can get into this uh, uh, in the next segment. But the Haslam's are the victims of being who they are right now too, because by all accounts, Kevin Stefanski should be fired for this. He really should, but he's not going to be. He's going to get a fourth year, and I don't think that a fourth year is going to make much of a difference because again. Without changing the leadership, I don't know how you expect the leadership to improve on this team. Daryl, let's touch on that, and we'll come back. We'll talk more about that. It's always game day in Cleveland, and if you want to be a part of the show, all you have to do is subscribe uh, first. That's the, the first move I would make. And then want to get a hold of us on social media at game day CLE on either Twitter or Instagram. He's Daryl. I'm Andy. We're back right after this. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin, brought to you locally by Smiley One. Heating, cooling, and plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. Uh, Daryl, I'm going to pose the question you just asked me right back at you on this question of um, how can you have leadership when leadership has kind of – ask the question again. I, I forgot how you phrased it. How do you fix the leadership on this team if you don't change the leadership in the offseason? Okay, do you have an answer for that? You don't. It doesn't change. I, you know. Um, so what happens? Because because if the current leadership hasn't been able to lead, right, and they're all coming back, uh, what y- y- is water going to get turned into wine? Are the fishes going to get multiplied? Um, you, you know what I mean. I I I don't know how it does. I don't know how it changes. If you know, um, and I, and I'm. Honest to God, I'm not trying to be sarcastic here. Uh, I'm being sincere. Like I, leadership, I think they don't have a talent issue. We've talked about this at nausea. Miles Garrett said after the game, you know, considering the talent we have, we, you know, it, it is frustrating. We should be better than we are, et cetera, et cetera. I'm paraphrasing there, but that, you know, that that's kind of my point. Like they don't have a talent problem. Are is it a perfect roster, Andy? No. And we're going to, as we go through the offseason, we're going to be breaking down position groups and where they need to make adjustments and changes and things like that. But like, I feel like they had enough to be successful this year. And so that's why I kind of feel like, um, I, I, I just, I, I feel like that the missing intangible for this organization is leadership, both off the field as well as on the field. And look no further. Then what happened with Jadavian Clowney? Like this thing had been boiling over and boiling over since, as it turns out, October, late October, that first game in Baltimore, where this, you know, resentment started festering. And one of your chief's jobs as an NFL head coach, Andy, is to manage those personalities. Mike Tomlin managed Antonio Brown. You want to talk about one of the most difficult prima donna style type personalities, right? Typically, the Steelers, they, they run into problems with their guys when it's time for them to get paid. But it it never seems to, while there's all this drama and story and headlines on, you know, the four-letter network and three-letter network and all that, they, it doesn't affect the product on the field. They all, you know, those guys always go out and do their jobs and they win football games, right? I mean, my God, the San Francisco 49ers with a rookie quarterback, as, as we record this post-game, uh, so we'll see, obviously, what they do in their season finale. But Purdy had won all four of his starts. You, you see what I'm like? So I just, you know, you brought up Jacksonville, um, which a year ago was a flaming dumpster fire. It, it, it's just, it is mind-boggling that um, the Browns employ a guy with the title Chief Strategy Officer. And the strategy doesn't win. <laughs> like, they're not winning games with a chief strategy officer. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah, I, I just, I wonder I, if, 
I don't, know, we talk I, about- I don't know what the answer is. I don't know how they fix it. I just know that they've got a major, major problem that they need to fix this offseason. Again, I asked the question, what are the odds? Is there any chance Kevin's not back next year? Because no. you said it. I mean, on the outside looking in, if this was a different franchise, he may not be back next year. Um, I'm just wondering if there's any way tomorrow isn't what we think it. I, I, you know, Joe Wood seems to be on the hottest of hot seats. Yeah, they gave up 28 points against the Steelers in a you know the last game of the season. I'm sure the players are probably going to be like it's our fault rather than Joe's fault. You know, when talking to the right. media, but I, I just I don't know where where this franchise goes. And I, I also understand that I feel like the Haslam's are trying to overcompensate for what they did early in their career. That's by exactly having a quick hook, you know, that that's exactly the problem. So I'm going to give the chief strategy officer, the mulligan for the one in 15 and Owen 16, but the chief strategy officer has helped the Cleveland Browns achieve the following. And I say achieve with a straight face. Are you ready, Andy? Seven, eight, and one. Six and ten. Eleven, five, and zero, oh, and a playoff victory. So we're going to give him a golf clap for that one. Good job. Okay. Eight and nine, and now seven and ten. So of those five years of what was supposed to be sustained success for the Cleveland Browns, four of those five years are losing seasons. That's by employing a chief strategy officer whose chief job is to help you put together strategy that helps you win football games. He's the first guy I'd fire, but he probably ain't going to get fired. It's the self-preservation society out there. There's no one in that building that'll go to the Haslam's and tell them, yeah, we need to replace these guys because they're not getting it done. That's never happening because the people that they need to be replaced with will want to blow out half the building including some of those people whose job it is to make recommendations to ownership about staffing. So if, if their organizational structure, Andy prevents them from making necessary change. And so they're going to bring back Kevin Stefanski because let's in Stefanski's defense, and this isn't much of a defense, but it's all, it's the best you're going to get. Is unproven coordinator dude going to come in here and turn the Cleveland Browns around, right? That right. It, ha- it is yet to work. They, they've hired a half a dozen of those guys since 1999. It's yet to work, right? Kevin Stefanski is the closest. And here's the thing, too. Kevin Stefanski is the winningest coach since 1999. He's barely above 500. He has the 11-5 and five season, basically, uh, as far as, you know, banking those wins. Uh, to keep him above 500 going into year four. So while the last two years have been disappointing, Andy, he's he's still the winningest coach since 1999. So he's kind of got that in his his hit you know back pocket there. Um, but you know they should have called Sean Payton weeks ago. They should touch base. They should have touched base with Jim Harbaugh. And then if both of those said no, then you stand pat and you bring these guys back for a fourth year. But the fact that you're not even going to make an attempt to get better in, in the head coaching and the GM and the front office positions, that that to me is bad ownership. Because, I, I look, I don't think Andrew Barry deserves a fourth year. I don't think Kevin Stefanski deserves a fourth year. Paul DePodesta doesn't deserve a seventh, eighth year. 
This will be eight years with Paul D. Podesta coming up this fall. Daryl, there was a, you know, I'm, I I hate doing this because I don't believe in this, but <clears throat> there was a shot on defense where they had, yeah, and I don't know that anyone realized it. There was a point where the Bengals were driving down the field and I saw Kevin standing on the sidelines. You mean the Steelers. And the Browns were on defense. Uh, 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 I'm sorry. The Steelers had the ball. They were driving okay. down the field. The Browns were on defense. Okay. And they had a shot of the bench. It wasn't a typical shot of the bench. It was a shot of the bench that you would see when they're trying to show the whole play. And right. you kind of see the guys in the background. And I saw Kevin standing at the end, like wasn't near anybody in the play and wasn't near any guys on the team. He was by himself at the end, like watching. And it just goes back to the whole. It just goes back to the whole wondering, you know, is he trying to do too much? Because I don't feel like he was doing enough there. Trying to do too much on offense is the is my point. I think he needs to be in a position where he's overseeing everything. If he really wants to say, this is on me, then I kind of want to see him in a position where he gives up the play calling. And I've never said that before. Cause I think he does scheme. Andy good Reed plays. Calls the plays and has no problem winning. Hmm? Andy Reed calls the plays and the chiefs have no problem winning. Well, I mean, Andy Reed's got a ton of experience and I still think Kevin in some ways is a neophyte when it comes to being a head coach in the NFL. He's still young. And, you know, if he's going to take the heat for the defense suffering, why not just be the head coach and and oversee the defense and oversee the offense and, and oversee special teams throughout the game? I just like, I, I again, I'm not a big proponent of looking at one play throughout a game yeah. and trying to judge a whole body of work. I just, they need to structurally figure out a, a different set of ways of doing things here because it's just the there's no rhyme or reason on a lot of the things they do. At least it comes off that way. If you're going to let the defense be run kind of pseudo independently, then you need you when you replace Joe Woods this offseason, you have to bring in a taskmaster. That that's that's the fix. This and that's way the, the assistant head coach or what is that? Defense make him the defensive coordinator, assistant head coach, whatever. Like you have to bring in you have to bring in someone that cracks the whip. Because on the defensive side of the ball is where they lack the most discipline. Let's be honest about it, right? Yes. Let's touch on that when we come back. We'll get back a little bit into the game today, too, because we really haven't talked a whole lot about that. Again, it's a post-game edition of the Browns uh, and, and Steelers game from today where the Steelers won 28-14. to 14. Um, It's always game day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. Back with more right after this. Hey, it's always game day in Cleveland. Daryl Ryder with Andy Baskin. A quick reminder, hey, mobile sports betting is finally legal here in the state of Ohio, and BetQL is here to help you make the most informed bets possible. See all of today's best bets, live data, trends, projections, player prop values, and more by heading to BetQL.com or downloading the BetQL app. Claim your free three-day trial today. Head to BetQL.com slash news slash 92.3 The Fan for exclusive sportsbook offers. Again, he's Daryl and I'm Andy. It's always game day in Cleveland. It's a post-game edition as the Browns fall to the Steelers by a final of 28-14. to um, Daryl, what do we have to look forward to this week? Let's start there. Yeah, well, on Monday, it'll be locker clean-out day in the morning uh, around 3.30 in the afternoon. That is when we will hear from head coach Kevin Stefanski as well as executive vice president of football operations and general manager 
Andrew Barry. And then, uh, you know, then we wait and, and see for, for staff changes. Maybe there'll be staff changes before they even take the podium. But um, that's what Monday is looking like. So on our Tuesday morning podcast drop, we will be covering the, uh, the post-mortem uh, that took place uh, in Berea Monday morning and Monday afternoon. What are we expecting, just uh, from your point of view? What do you think we'll hear? Not a lot. I, I, I mixed. I, yeah. I, when, when do we ever really hear anything? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I'm all, I've already heard the, the tone from the locker room in Pittsburgh and that's just basically, you know, Hey, we're, you know, too good to, to have the record that we have. And, you know, this is going to bother us for a few weeks that we didn't make the playoffs yet. Basically it's the same stuff we hear every year. So that's, that's basically, if you've paid attention to Brown's post C, Postseason locker cleanout, uh, autopsy style press conferences, yeah, pretty much going to be the same thing, I think, on Monday. Daryl, let's just dive into the Steelers game real quick because they're going to keep it all in house, Andy. Let's let's remember that they're keeping all their oh, problems. That's right. They're going to wait. Come on. They're going to wait till they get Mary Kay on the phone. But until then, got to keep everything in house. Can't comment on anything. Keeping it in house. All right. Well, I just want to make sure we're on the same page. So here's my question for you. Um, let's go back and talk about today's game because we knew that the Browns needed to start fast and they had the opportunities. It looked like they had four. I mean, they got really lucky on the one yeah. touchdown called back and that turned into a fumble and they couldn't take advantage of those things. And um, I, I'm just, I, I just, I don't know. They played like a team that was playing out the street. I, I don't want to say they quit because I don't know that they quit. It's just, like you said, at the end of the game, it looked like everyone was just kind of ready to go home without saying they quit because I don't think they did. No, I don't think they did either. But I think after 18 weeks, they're like, ah, I got, I got vacation plans Tuesday. <laughs> let's let's get out of here. Um, you're right. I, I, I mean, they got lucky early in the game. Najee Harris should have had a touchdown. Uh, caught a break that Mike Tomlin did not ask for that to be reviewed with a challenge. Then um, I I just can't believe how bad the officiating. Yeah, I, I take that back. Yeah, I can because NFL officiating week in and week out sucks. Um, but the the face mask that didn't get called on Deshaun Watson was just atrocious. And then they made up for it with a with a a nonsense roughing the passer call that allowed the that helped the Browns you know score their second touchdown. I'll say this: I'm happy that Nick Chubb got over 1,500 yards for the season. Uh, to join Jim Brown is the only players in franchise history to do that. Although like Jim Brown did that in uh, fewer games. Uh, Amari Cooper, unfortunately didn't get enough yardage to uh, surpass his career high uh, in yardage. He only had 51 yards of receiving just two catches. Um, you know, uh, Watson, you know, the two interceptions, the whole thing swung on that 20, 20 to nothing run that the Steelers had to, to take control of the football game. And that was pretty much lights out. Obviously, um, you know, Derek Watts, one yard touchdown run was, that was the knockout punch per se, but the, the, the I felt pretty safe with the game in hand at, at 20 to seven, that this one was uh, going to go uh, the Steelers way. Um, I thought David Njoku's touchdown was nice. I'm trying to think of some of the positive things from today. I mean, Denzel Ward got hurt again today. That sucks. Um, 
Jed uh, Wills you know, got And then him. on the last play, Jed Wills, that sucks too with a minute to go in the game. Yeah. So, yeah, it, you know, to the to the offseason of undeserved and unbridled optimism we go um, with, with this team, 7-10. and 10, And like I said, second straight year that they regress under Kevin Stefanski. Uh, no leadership changes coming, and they desperately need leadership changes. Um, and I, I just – I don't have an expectation that things are going to be much better next season right now. I, I don't. We'll, we'll see what Andrew Berry does to reshape the roster – Obviously, I think the defense is going to get worked over pretty good, right, uh, and, and rebuilt. Kareem Hunt is not going to be back. And, again, these are things that in future podcasts we're really going to dive into and nip, you know, pull apart and really uh, you know, go deep on uh, the season that was. But just you know, uh, overall big picture, um, it wouldn't surprise me if they got rid of John Johnson III this offseason. Um, they're just they, – they, they've got a lot of work to do to get this where it, it needs to be because um, they've learned the last two years talent just simply is not good enough to get you where you want to go. Um, it takes a lot more than that. And that is where they have, uh, you know, come woefully uh, up short. And again, Watson, like, you know, he was sacked six times, but there, I just feel like the sacks are going to be a cost of doing business. Historically, he gets sacked a lot. And a lot of that is a result of him extending plays. I think holding penalties. Yeah, I don't think that that's very Kevin Stefanski, though. Do you, Daryl? Like, yeah, I think well, Kevin wants him to throw the ball in the stands. Yeah, well, I mean, but that, but again, you have to play to the players that you have. And that's what makes Deshaun Watson who he is. So you can't ask Deshaun Watson to be a round peg in a square hole or a square peg in a round hole or whatever the clue, however the, the saying goes. Um, you have to build around those players. And, and again, these are questions I have about Kevin Stefanski, right? Um, it, you know, I, I just, I, I don't like the way he uses players and personnel. I mean, my God, the Steelers used like six, six, seven, eight different guys running the football on Sunday. And the Browns used three. And I just... Yeah, I like I said, I go into this offseason with a ton of questions about Kevin Stefanski's competency to be a successful head coach in the National Football League. I, I really do. I like him personally. I like him professionally. I think he's a very intelligent offensive mind. Um, but I just feel like he's more of an offensive coordinator, Andy, than he is a leader of men and a head coach. I just that's just kind of how that's just how I feel about him. Um, let me ask you this because I don't. This is a question that doesn't get asked, especially if somebody like you is around assistant coaches. Who needs to stay? Bill Cal, like you worry about when you fire. Oh yeah, people. yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. And you know, Bill Callahan, Stump Mitchell. Yeah. Um, you know, th those I think are like really the the top two guys that you want to hang around. Maybe Callahan retires though. There, he is. Let's be honest about it, he is up there uh, in age, but. I mean, th this offensive line is is pretty good under him. Um, so hopefully he doesn't, and they're able to to, you know, have him come back. Um, honestly, I think the entire defensive staff could get blown out. I I I, I wouldn't keep any of those guys. I, I wouldn't keep the, the, before you get because we're going to run out of time here. Prefer, what do you think? Special I think, teams, I, think, I thought made significant jump up towards the end of the season. I, I think I think Prefer's back. 
I think Prefer saved his job. I, I, the, you know, it's your point. Special. Yeah, teams I agree improved. with you. I thought the special teams, uh, somewhere around the middle of the season, really. They turned a corner once Donovan Peoples Jones and and uh, Jerome Ford started. You know what I mean? Uh, returning yeah. things kind of turned a, a corner. It there. changed the game. It did. Yeah. <clears throat> so I don't think Mike Prefer is going anywhere. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I kind of like Mike Prefer. I can't get mad at him when a guy misses a kick. I mean, it's not like he's not kicking. I, I get it. It's the same thing you would say about Joe Woods. If you want to say the same thing. All right, Daryl, we're going to come back. We'll be back on Tuesday morning for our next drop, and then we're going to go into uh, off-season mode here on the show, and we'll explain that to you in the next podcast as well. He's Daryl Ryder for Meredith Kane, our outstanding producer. Thanks for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland, and we will talk to you soon. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. Browns lose in our post-game edition against the Steelers by a final of 28-14. to 14.